The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie, live from the Old National Bank State Street Studio. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago, the new home of the Chicago Bears. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. You know, in the holiday spirit, I have an update on the Tommy DeVito story. This was just reported by Darren Ravel a couple of minutes ago. Tommy DeVito, I told you his appearance had been canceled. Tommy earlier today just showed up on his own this afternoon and unpaid. Oh, that's a good... To Coniglio's, the pizza shop that originally had scheduled an appearance. Making sodas the old-fashioned way with the owner, Nino. So good for Tommy DeVito. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that he, he would have gone from ten grand to twenty grand just because of his recent success. Well, I mean, he, that wouldn't be based on his performance against the Saints. He got knocked out of the game early, and it was just because of what happened the week before that. Right? We're trying to capitalize on his Player of the Week award, fake Player well, of the Week award. Well, he showed up for no cost. He did it for it free for him. Yes, that's why I said probably had a couple hours to kill while his mom was cooking dinner. If my mom was a decent cook, that wouldn't sound like a bad thing. Wouldn't seem like a bad setup. The laundry thing was weird. Like, I'm fine with him getting food and having his mom cook the family dinner, but... I did laundry all morning this morning. Well, you got no one at home. Well, I got two kids at home right now. Two adults. Okay, but they're not going to do your laundry. No, I know, but I I do theirs, too. Does your wife... Unclog the toilet? Oh, did laundry? I'm telling you, I got the the picture. I have a picture of it. It won't do it justice. From well, one of your kids? From Mason. You wouldn't He's believe a tiny it. little lad, too. He, he is like 60 pounds. He's like 50, 52 now, it sounds like. <laughs> I've he never. dropped an eight pounder. I've never had a turd this big. I, 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 I kid you not. It was like a beached whale. It is. It, I've never seen anything. How how many days elapse before he like dumps? He, he's probably one of these kids. I don't think he goes once a month every day, because he's a, a, a most of the time. I'm plunging for him. Like usually he's he's screwing up the family or the main floor toilet. Why? I think he wipes too much ineffectively. Let's say okay. Do we have that uh, Stephen A. too, that sounder uh, from him? Stephen A. was talking about, he took a question on his podcast. Yeah, that was weird. About wiping. But anyway, like, I said Mason, I had a talk with Mason. I go, okay, Mace, look. He's just using regular toilet paper, right? Yes. I, uh, but again, I go, how many times did you wipe? He goes, five. I go, too many. Too many. I go. It, but how many, like, how thick is his, 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 like, sheets of. Right. Like, when, when you. you sure. And I said Are to him, going, I go, it's fine if you if you have a need that you have to do it five different times. You go three at the most, and you flush. Yeah. Let the toilet reset. Yeah. And then you go two more times that, if I you think, have to. I think it's a great teaching point. And then, and then you reset it again. But you cannot put yeah. five separate wipes with your turd in the toilet and then try and flush that thing. That's a bad move. No, and that's why it's always... I got to show you the picture. It doesn't do Wait, it justice. Wait, time out. You're taking pictures of? It was 
Majestic. Majestic. The dude is a little lad. He's like 60 pounds. That's what makes it even more. Now, I can see Braxton breaking the bowl. I couldn't believe this thing came out of a body like that. Is this illegal? In any way, it's a good question. Could this get me in trouble with right. DCFS? Right. Is this illegal? Is it's he just, about to do not, something illegal, which is show a picture? Of that, it's, it's not of him, though. I know it's not of him. Let me even see if I've got it. Damn, it could just be on the text chain. The text chain? I don't think you've ever sent it on the no, text chain. No, my wife, my wife sent it to me. Let me see. Where yeah? She sent it to me. Let me see. Was it like he gave birth? And again, the picture doesn't do it justice. Because this this will not do it. He took a... Let me... let me. Is he proud of it? Yes. He took oh, a picture he of it. He took a picture Was of it. Was he giggling when he came out? Doesn't do it justice, though. That's still pretty impressive for a kid of his size. Like, in person, that thing. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's, that looks like a month. Why is it under and, Justin? And, and it, because he calls himself, he loves Justin Jefferson. Okay. Look, look at what he wrote. <laughs> read it. You can read that. Look at the big dump. Who did he send it to? Uh, Allie and me. Your your nine year old son sent that text to you guys. Yeah, well, he doesn't have a phone. It's from his iPad. That's even he took his iPad in there for that. Well, he's reading while he's on the toilet, or he's going through his fantasy football lineup. <laughs> you see nine going on on, on fifty two. <laughs> you, I mean, it's crazy. Is he having morning coffee too? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, so I don't know. Okay, should should I, we take these calls? Is that what we should do? Or should I, now that we're on this topic, should I play what Stephen A. was talking about? No, no. You, you ask people. Okay, all right. So we'll go with this. So, um, Show a little radio discipline, okay. will you? So is Zach Levine the least effective star player we've had in Chicago in the last 20 years? He's won one play playoff game. What is a star player, Waddle? Like, I don't know. How do you define it? Like, I don't know if it goes by salary because I've gotten a couple of entries about Jason Hayward. I don't consider Jason Hayward a star. He was paid like a star. Right. But is I he mean, a star? Are, is it based on all-star appearances? Zach made what? Two all-stars? Yes. All-star games? He was a 25-point-per-game scorer. Like, Eddie Curry, my buddy Josh, sent in Eddie Curry, but Eddie Curry never reached star right. He was status. A, like, in my opinion, he was just a bust. Like, there's a difference between expectation and if he ever lived up to the expectation. Right. He was a bust. My point is, Zach was an all-star. Zach was a 25-point-per-game scorer. Zach earned himself, quote, the max deal. Right. But... Record-wise, success-wise, the Bulls won one one playoff game under Zach Levine. Wow, that's hard and, to believe. And uh, during this all, um, now they continue to show that when he's off the court, they're probably better than when he's on the court. So Soriano's probably a better reference. Th- that's, than- not, that's not bad, like. But again, he was he was their leadoff hitter. Boozer. They, they did go with Soriano to the 07 playoffs and 08 playoffs. Okay. Um, so they did have success under Alfonso Soriano. What about Soriano. Boozer? Wasn't Boozer a huge free agent signing? But Boozer had a, 
a decent run. Was he that like? What was he as far as importance? Derrick Rose was the star of that team. Joakim Noah yeah. was more valuable on that team right. than Carlos Boozer. How important was Carlos Boozer again? Well, Dang was probably more important yeah, on those teams. Right. Exactly. Like you're exactly right. So he was paid eighty million, but was he truly a star? Like Zach Levine, it, it, it was the highest. He had the highest point per game uh, scoring average on the Bulls. Yeah. My buddy Josh also submitted Jay's name. It's not a bad one. I do think Boozer is a good one just because you look at his pedigree. He was a two-time All-Star before he was signed there, and he had years of 20 and 10 that he averaged in Utah. Sure. So there, there was something there. I think Jay went to the Pro Bowl once, right? Did he go as a, as a Bronco? Uh, yes, not as a Bear. Right, as a Bronco. And he won one playoff game as well yeah. with the Bears. That was in the 2010 season. Um, and then they lost that Packer game right after that. Right. They be and the one Listen, the one with, with, game was the it was a sub five hundred team. Right. With a large salary is going to come. You know these types of. You know if you've got a one of these big 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 salaries, you're going to be in the crosshairs for one of these conversations. Like, like again, like it's, it's got. I think there's some nuance here. Like Kelly's got one, but again, I don't. Kelly, uh, submit this one, and then I've, I've got something for you. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you're kind of making me rethink a little bit. Um, I know I said Milton Bradley because not only was that guy ineffective, he was reverse effective. I mean, the way he was giving up runs by throwing the ball into the stands. But I actually had a better one, I think, maybe Jimmy Butler, because if you think about it, the only playoff appearance he had as a bowl was pretty much because of Rondo and D-Wade. Am I wrong? Well, he was on all those teams that went to the postseason before that. He was he was never their star player. Like, he was never their one. Uh, then when he became their star player, it was with Rondo and Wade. And then he, he became more of a superstar after he left the Bulls. But, like, that's what I would say, Kelly, is, like, the Milton Bradley signing was a one-year thing. I think he was only here for a year. He was a malcontent. It was uh, – um, I would never, ever have called Milton Bradley a Cubs star. No. Like, this is more of a, a thing where this guy – like, I think Cutler fits that bill a little bit better. Cutler was the star on the Bears. But was he a win because of star? Budding star that underachieved is how somebody, Josh, responded to that. I, I mean – he was what? going to the playoffs for actually winning something. What is your bar? Is the question. I, I don't. I think it's. And I don't there's know. A lot of nuance. Yeah. There's a lot so, of nuance to this discussion. Someone called in, couldn't hang on the line, and I think it's a pretty good one. Nomar Garcia Para. Well, it, it, it's funny because Theo got rid of Nomar with the Red Sox, and the year they got rid of him, they. Got rid of him for a lesser shortstop that season in 04 for, when they traded him. Who was the shortstop, Meller, that they replaced him with? It was a defensive shortstop. Oh, in, in Boston, Orlando yes. Cabrera? Orlando Cabrera. And what happened? They won the World Series that year. So, like, that's, that's an interesting one in the context of Boston sports, but how, how long did Nomar play with the Cubs? Two years? Season and a half. He had the injury. Yeah. Yeah, he pulled basically pulled his groin off the bone. Ooh, he he played like the 04, half of the 04 season, and then I think he was with him for 05. 
And, and he, I don't know if he was truly ever healthy. It, it, like, again, it's a, I'm thinking more of an established player. Like, someone called earlier with Tim Anderson. Like, Tim Anderson, though, when he was truly a star, they won because of. Tim Anderson was a damn good difference maker when he was going well. For a short period of yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Like, the thing about why I think... Zach, why I think Zach's a good one is when Zach gets 26 or 27, he is never a win because of guy. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when Zach puts up, quote, star numbers, he's not, he doesn't result in wins. I think the stats that you gave about his winning percentage wherever he's been is, is, it's mind blowing. You know, I mean, maybe it shouldn't be, but it's like, I would have never guessed it was that bad. George wants to weigh in on uh, Zach. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Georgie? Hey, guys. I'm listening to you talk about Zach. And it's funny because I, I wrote a Waddle and Sylvie parody uh, about Zach right around the time before he before he was hurt. And I was like, man, what are we going to do without Zach? And I heard about the trade rumors, and I was like, it was like a winter wonderland. Uh, why are we breaking up? Anyways, uh, I think him watching these guys has to be a humbling experience for him um, to sit back and see it. And I can only hope that when he comes back that, that you know, he can somehow be part of what they're doing. Uh, you guys were talking about outer space a few minutes ago. Maybe think about Sonic the Hedgehog. Because uh, in the movie, Sonic the Hedgehog like slows down time, and I feel like that's what's happening with Kobe White right now. Uh, it's just like he, he's 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 in total control out there, and uh, and he's just so fast. And we knew that when he got into the league, but you know now he's got he's got his handles together and uh, and his decision making. So yeah, I I I totally agree with you about Zach being that player. Maybe Joakim Noah. I don't know why. I just I never I never got on board with Ooh. with all the love for Joakim Noah when I was watching the Bulls back then. And uh, a, a little bit about Patrick Williams, if I may. You know, this is another guy who's obviously benefiting. You know, from from um, he's been better now, definitely. Um, it, it's just it's got to be a, like a mind thing, like a head. Uh, it's just, it's in his head. Like, oh, I'm playing with Zach Levine, and I think I feel like he was nervous, you know, like coming on board with Zach. And now that Zach's out, and now that Zach has a chance to see, oh, like last night, like that game, we don't we don't win that game without the individual play from so many guys, including Patrick Williams, a couple threes, like at the end of the game, the, especially the one from the corner when it got a little scary. I, I think uh, honestly, George, thanks, I think George. It, thanks for the call. Like, I've always said this, I, that, that I don't know how good Patrick Williams is or how good he can be, but there was no doubt in my mind that for the last couple of years, he was conditioned to just defer. Like, I don't know if he is by nature an aggressive player that wants the ball in his hands, but he was like the fifth choice every time he was out there. And I felt like every time he got the ball in his hands, instead of looking for his shot, he felt what he needed to do was get the ball to DeMar or to Zach. And uh, look, I, I, I'm not sure what the, what the story is. 
Um, I think basketball, in a lot of ways, if you think about it, and maybe it's 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 not unique to basketball, and it happens everywhere. But you see a lot of guys. Like I remember people. Remember telling people Bradley Beal. Like he's. Everyone would tell me he's not a superstar. Same thing like early on with Damian Lillard, right? He's just an empty calorie guy. I feel like some guys, like it takes them, takes them a while in the NBA to establish themselves as stars. Some guys come out and are stars automatically. And I wouldn't say that Bradley Beal is ever a star star. But people think more of Bradley Beal and even Damian Lillard after their age of like 25, right? Isn't that when those guys started to be more well-regarded. Like, nobody really thought anything of Bradley Beal. Well, I know Dame, he was the Dame, third pick Dame of it. more than Beal. Okay. Like, Dame has affected winning more than Beal. Sure, but I'm saying, like, some guys don't necessarily. I don't know if it's because you get into the league and you're really young and it still takes a while for you to mature as a person and as a player. I guess the point I'm making is, is I'm not predicting greatness for Kobe White, but I'm not shocked that this is his fifth year and now we're starting to see real progress. I just feel like in the NBA, it happens more frequently with guys than in other sports. Right, right. That it could, it could take a little longer. Yeah. But but it, like in going back to Zach, basketball we always hear is more of the sport where you can make other guys better. Yeah. When have you ever heard that Zach Levine has made someone better? I, I have not heard anybody say that. That's not been anybody's like, battle like, that's, cry. That's, that that's I what know. I mean. Like so, Zach never makes anybody better. So, like, it's not a surprise to me now that Kobe White is getting better with Zach off the floor. And so, to the last caller's point, if I'm AK and I'm uh, Mark Eversley and I'm ownership, I'm not letting uh, him back on the roster. I, I he's not. He's never coming back. The, the the next move is you get what you can for him. He was the one who wanted the trade. Yeah, I don't. I he, mean, he was the one who asked for the trade. I don't know why they you, wouldn't be trying to facilitate the trade now. I, I would think well, that they'd be now more than ever. December fifteenth was the first date where players who signed in the off season now could be dealt, and I think January fifteenth is the next date. But I'm not like now that you're winning, and now why would I bring him back and screw things up? Why would I screw up the development of the younger players? I'm not. Well, you just don't. Why would you go back to what things were like when he was playing? Because it was getting you nowhere. At the very least, you're seeing growth with I'm some saying. guys. I don't think there's I'm any reason to go back. taking a chance that he's getting yeah. hurt. I'm not. I, he is not. He is not being. If I'm management, he is not being allowed back on the roster. And he's not playing another game with the Chicago Bulls. You are trading him. The next stop is a Zach Levine deal. I, I, I Look, I was wrong about Zach. People have said to me, Sylvie, weren't you the guy who wanted him oh, to get I, the max listen, I, yeah. thought he, I thought he was going to take... He was on an arc where he was improving every year, and it looked like, you know, there was some... Yeah, you had to, you, you had to, you know, look at it sideways sometimes to come to the conclusion, but I definitely thought he would be more... A, a, a more winning player I than was, he has. I was wrong about him. And now uh, a team is going to be forced to pay him $45 million to be a third. And why would they want that? Why would they want that when he has never won anywhere he has ever been and he doesn't make anybody better? Why would they think he's the guy to put another team over the top? Like, I, I that... 
The only bad thing about this is other general managers have watched the Bulls' improvement and say, boy, they've gotten better with Zach out. Why would I want him on my winning team? Yeah, I think the Lakers may look at that differently, but I don't dis- disagree with you. I think the Lakers would say to you, look, I got, I got AD, I got LeBron. That's not going to affect us the way it affects them. But there are other players to be had. No, I Why get would it. you want Zach? It's a good question. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Wilbon joins us next. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitch at ESPN One Thousand Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Wilbon's going to join us shortly. He's brought to you by your guys, Waddle, over at Hawk. HawkAuto.com, Ford, Chevy, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Subaru, Cadillac, Mazda, and VW, all in one place. HawkAuto.com, where Chicagoland saves big. A couple of late entries, and then we'll move on with the topic. Um, ben Wallace was a... Oh, uh, yeah. That was a good one. A Remember lot of people submitted. Remember when they about the headband? Was that not one of the silliest arguments? It was so bulls. And when you acquire Ben Wallace and you know that he wears the headband yeah. in Detroit and then you sign him to the big deal, that that was pure craziness. It's like, like the facial hair thing in, in for the Yankees. Is that still a thing? Yes, it is. It is. Yes, it is. But like this is even worse. Like a head it's a headband. Yeah. A headband. It is weird. And then someone said Brian Cox. I thought that was a good one. I remember when the Bears got Brian Cox, and I'm oh, like, yeah. ooh, I always thought he was better than that on Miami. Number 51 with the big neck roll. Yeah, don't say, you, you didn't want to say that in his presence. Well, I thought you were a better player than you are here. <laughs> he was nicer than you thought. I covered Brian Cox. He wasn't that bad of a dude. Didn't he, didn't he, he give moments. Didn't he give like the Soldier Field crowd the double birds yeah. as he walked off the field was one it, time? I thought it was the Packer crowd. No, it was, it was I thought Soldier. it was the it home to team. I could be wrong. I think in the opener in Green Bay, he also pushed Wani. Did he? I think so. Or at least he like put a finger in his chest, I think. <laughs> I told you during the break, too. Bears... Number 87, Moose. Yeah, Moose is a good one. But, I mean, that's he, he was the one who said where wide receivers go to die. That was his quote. Yep. Best 87 in Bears history. Was he, I disagree, Ed Obradovich and Harlan Hill? Much, right, much higher right. on the third, list. Third best. Tom Waddle. Um, was Moose a star, though? Well, he had 16 touchdowns the year before that in He was a two-time pro bowler. Had another year where he led the okay, league in so receptions. He was, so he was he was a an all star. He was really good. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Let's bring in Michael Wilbon, who of course is everyone's star. Correct. Uh oh. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Guess what today is? It's Wilbon Day. Woo-hoo! Chicago native Michael Wilbon, host of Pardon the Interruption with Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. What uh, emotion best sums up how you felt after the Bears blew that game in Cleveland? You know, immediately I was angry because um, you, you, you have maybe, I don't know, the second most sure-handed player in position to you know, grab that, to hold on to that pass, tipped around as it was, Hail Mary as it was. And by the way, I don't ever, Tommy, maybe you remember this, I don't ever remember in the whole history of the Bears scoring a Hail Mary touchdown. 
I don't remember one. Well, there was. My we talked life. about this uh, day or yesterday, right? Yeah, Cleveland there was one. Cleveland in 01. Oh, yeah. The year James we Allen? The two games. Yeah, 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 yeah. The 13 and 3 year. Okay. All right. So, okay. I forgot about that. But so angry in the moment. In the moment. And then I turned to my son and I said, look, is it worth catching a Hail Mary pass to drop like three spots in the draft right now? And, and I, I said, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. First of all, it would have given people just stupid reason to start talking about playoffs. And it would have diverted, you know, from basically the mission at hand, which is trying to get better. And trying to get better really includes being pretty high up that dread. It would be pretty high up anyway. I think what it would but have done, too, Mike, is it, it would have been like deodorant. You know, it would have gotten rid of the stench in the moment. And I yeah. give Cole Komet a lot of credit. Cole was like, listen, what we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be talking about the failed Hail, Hail Mary. We should be talking about things throughout the game that we need to do yeah. better. Yeah, like the failed, the two, the third down and the fourth yeah. down. Yes. Yeah. And, and the yeah, drop but, ball but, by but, Tanyan. And, and and, you know. Oh, God, yes. But I, so all things considered, I thought, okay, what am I seeing here that matters to me? What I'm seeing that matters is improvement. It is. Now, I know defense gave up that stupid long touchdown late. They, they had to be tired because the offense simply doesn't do what it's supposed to do. But often enough. But I, I just think they're getting better. Um, the, the special teams are making me crazy. Obviously, the, the punt return, nobody can seem to hold on to one between 12 and 25. Nobody can just feel the punt. Um, but they're getting better. I, the spirit seems to be much greater than it was in weeks one and two and three and all that. I, I, I'm okay with not dropping three spots on the draft board in the first round. I'm okay with that. I, I, nobody at Hallis Hall is going to say that, nor should they. But I'm not there. I'm, I'm a fan looking in and wanting as high a draft pick as we can. Yeah, I understand it. I, I was just, for me, I was finally like a believing. I know what you're going to say, believing in what. But I was... I was on the bandwagon of excitement. Like, if you win that game, then you have the two home games against very beatable teams to set yeah. up, hopefully, that Packer game at the end of the year. Everyone looks at us as very it. winnable games, too. Oh, yeah, sure. Are, but wait, 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 wait. You guys are 100% right. You're 100% right. I just look at the toll. What, what is it going to mean? We're not going to... We're not going to go to San Francisco and beat the Niners or Philadelphia and beat not, but... Philly or Dallas and beat Dallas. So with, with that in mind, it's like, can I just like grab hold of the big picture here and think draft picks? Am I allowed to do that? So, are you rooting, so with that said, are you, you rooting for the Cardinals then this weekend? I'm rooting for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I have to. Yeah. See, that's the other thing. We were gonna if we won that game, we we beat the Cardinals. We could be dropping five or six draft spots easily in two weeks. I don't want to do that. See, so I, we, we we're talked beat the Cardinals. We talked about this last week, didn't we? When, and and currently they still have the number one overall selection. Yeah. I'd like to see the yeah. Panther Panthers. I think have Green they Bay work. and like they don't have an easy road. I mean, Green Bay's not no. very good, but it's you know, I mean, they should win that. They, game. Packers should win that. Game. Yeah. So as long as the the Panthers will lose out, 
I mean, I don't have a problem if the Bears go from five to seven or eight because I think this team needs to learn how to win games. I, 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 you know I'm not going to disagree with you. The, everything you're saying makes perfect sense. By the way, I don't think it's just seven or eight. I think we could wind up going to like 10 or 11. And, I, and by the way, that still can fetch you a damn good player. I'm just or a trade down. I I I get all or trade up. I I just did this. This is this is special players in this draft. I think most drafts are overrated, but there's some players in this thing that can set you apart for five or six years if you get on a run. And I, I just I'd like to have that chance. All right. What do you feel about the uh, the coaching staff at this point? <laughs> I mean, they, listen, listen. They've they've gotten better, but they're better on one side of the ball. They're not they're not better on the offensive side. Just not. And I don't know. There's two sets of things that you want to evaluate. You want to evaluate just, I mean, schematically. What, what are they doing? And are they putting players in the best positions? And the other thing is, do they have a quarterback whisperer? Do they have a guy who can help make the quarterback better? And the answers seem to be both no and no on the offensive side. And, Defense, fine. But often with defense goes special teams. And ah, that, that old punt thing is you can't find somebody to catch a punt at this level. Uh, is, am I wrong for being disturbed? No, about no, that, that, that can't happen. Like if that, and, and, I mean, that's his job. Like there are some guys that yeah. double as a receiver or a running back. But when you right. are primarily a punt returner, punt return guy. you can't, I mean, that's, and, can't do and it. this is the second guy. Bayless Jones couldn't do it last year. Mm-hmm. Even though he makes some nice plays when they get him, you know, in, and they show some creativity a little bit in the running game. But I want to see some more of that in the passing game besides those stupid, quick, immediate screens that almost get intercepted or, and go the other way, which everybody in the NFL calls now. Um, I, I don't see enough offensively to be like soul on this coaching staff. I, again, defensively, yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. They're getting better every week. It's frustrating when you see our team play against the Browns team that has four backup offensive linemen and a 38-year-old yeah. Joe Flacco, yeah. and he throws for 212 yards, yeah, and they score quarter. 13 points in the fourth quarter. And we yeah. put up 48 total yards and no points in the fourth quarter. And then I got to turn on the the... the the TV last night and watch Drew Locke take his team 92 yeah. yards in a minute yeah. and 15. Like, and it's look just... at the protection. Look at the protection he had in the process of doing that. I think they got to him once. But there's too much not working on that side, and yeah. I'm not convinced it's just about the players. I'm not. Right. Well, I think that, like, if, I, I think our battle cry here at the show has been shared culpability. Like, nobody escapes. Yeah, yeah you know what? That's. That that is the most reasonable approach to this, and so what? How much of that can you fix instantly by making big changes? Are we talking about big changes? Uh, are they necessary? Are we talking about growth and, and, and evolution? I look. I, I don't have the answers to all these things, and the tough thing is, I think that front offices rarely have the answers to all these things either, even though we want them to, and, and sometimes they do. Looks like Houston got it right with the coach and the quarterback, doesn't it? What's that again? I said it looks like Houston got it right with the coach and the quarterback. Wow, it does. It does. And they managed to eke out that game 
Sunday without their quarterback. Yes. If, if he had a protocol, we expect him back this week, right? That I'm not sure of, but that's we expect a, the other Ohio State quarterback to be back this week. That is that is a win where you look at and say that's an organizational win. Yeah, you know what I mean? Where you exactly look at the right. coach and you look at yeah. staff and you, you look at the mentality for that to go south, and yeah. they manage to hold it together and yes. make the right decisions down the stretch. Um, and I don't. I, I, yeah, I'm not seeing that. I'm not convinced I'm seeing it. So I, it, there's still a lot to learn in these last three games, a lot. Yeah. Um, Michael, really quick, too, on, on one more football topic. Uh, Albert Breer, uh, a couple weeks ago, was talking about Caleb Williams and a lot of people questioning the people around him. And Breer was saying that it, it's a lot of BS, the conjecture that's out there regarding Caleb Williams that what you, conjecture is there? I'm not let, aware of that. Well, let me play it for you. I, I, I'll let him speak for himself. And then because I know there that Matthew goes to the same school that Caleb Williams went to in the DC area. This is Albert Breer. I think from Cap and J hood a couple weeks ago. I think so. Yeah. So take a listen to this. My issue with that was, for example, like if a guy had taken cell phone video of him in the tunnel crying with his mom and dad, I would have had no problem with that. I would have said that. I would actually like, look at that as a good thing, right? Like, like, hey, like this kid really cares. Yep. For like to make a show of it, I think that there's questions to answer there, and then not to answer for your teammates and um, and the whole program when you're the quarterback in the face of it and the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, there's a lot to dig through for teams. Um, that said, I would just caution you that like a lot of the stuff you've heard on Caleb I I think that it might be the people around him more than him you know what I mean when it comes to having equity in a team and everything else and um, you know I think the bigger questions we're going to be asking about Caleb in February and March and April are going to surround the people around him I think most people believe that he's actually a really good kid who's well-intentioned so I like I, I I misheard it then. He was questioning well, some there was of the people another, around there, him. There was another bite I think more recently where he said a lot of it is just noise and people oh, that okay. he talks that to the one that... say he's a really good kid and a lot of it's just conjecture and being blown out. So of so proportion. what can you tell I, us about the family I, I, and nothing. about him? I can't I can't tell you anything about any conjecture. He is a really good kid. I don't need to say reportedly. I don't need to say allegedly. He's a great kid. Yeah. I know him. He's a great kid. That's it. I don't. I don't know anything else that people around him, his parents, or he doesn't have an entourage. He doesn't. You know, last year on his bye week, he came back to his high school and watched a football game. <laughs> so I, I don't. I don't. I don't pay any attention to crap like that. So that's nothing that would would draw your attention at all. And any, it wouldn't even yeah, draw my right. comment. Right. So much less my attention. So you you would have no problem with character if the Bears would draft him? None. As a matter of fact, that would be a plus. That's kind of plus. what Breer, I think, was saying. Yeah, I, I don't have, I don't know what any of that is. I don't, don't know what it is and don't get caught up in all the stuff when people are coming into college or leaving it. You know, all the stuff about recruitment now and transfer for, this is the world we live in. I've got to assess the kid based on all the intel that I would put in. And teams are going to have to put in hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of intel, of research. And that's what they do. That's their job. And they'll do that. Yeah. And, you know, and then you there's what he did on the field, which ought to be more important. And can you get more out of him if you took him than you getting out of the guy that you have that you traded up to get just a few years ago? 
Another character question, this involving baseball. I, I started the show with this. Um, I don't know if you saw this, that Sammy Sosa has now um, been allowed to be on the Cubs Hall of Fame ballot. I don't know if you know this, but the Cubs started yeah, their own Hall I, of Fame last year. I did, I did. He, he was I not did, allowed did. on the ballot last I year. Know. I know. Is this is a breakthrough? I don't. Here's the only thing I care about, Sosa. I just, I just wish that that there was a way for the two sides to just not fight. And well, here's what I know, Michael. And I started this. They still, the Cubs side, will not mm-hmm. give up on Sammy having to go public with an acknowledgement that he screwed up. And it's not necessarily screwed up as to which thing. Right. Like, there's they, multiple things that the, they you could look at. They want him to, in general terms, say, mm-hmm. I've made mistakes in the past. It doesn't have to be, oh, I took, he doesn't right. have to make a like a steroid. Uh, a but culpa. they want him to say, yeah. I have made mistakes in the past that I wish. Yeah. Um, uh, and he doesn't want to do that. Whose side are well? Like, do, in my opinion, why does he have to even do this? He he, he, he did. Um, look, he's made mistakes. Scotty made mistakes in a Bulls uniform. Yeah, uh, Michael's yeah. made mistakes. Everyone's but made mistakes. See, yeah, I guess some mistakes are bigger than others. Um, I, you know, Sylvie, I don't know. I don't know. I go back and forth on that one about about Sosa. Um, I really do. It's so sad that whole chapter is just lost. Right. It's lost. And it just, time keeps on going. And like, how, yes, how, late, how late are they going to go uh, before? How far are we all going to be dead when this right. thing is resolved between them? I know. I mean, it's going to be like Shoeless Joe Jackson. People a hundred years from now are going to be talking about it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's some things that, you know, everybody wants to have a hot take. I don't have a hot take. I don't. Okay. I just I feel bad about it. Um, I was in St. Louis the night McGuire hit the home run, and they you know all but kissed. It was it was there was something that was weird about it, but historic in nature, and it involved the Cubs and it involved a guy who hit like two hundred and forty home runs in four years for whatever they were, and some of those ones he was hitting out to Wayland and Sheffield. If you add ten percent for steroid use, they're still going out of the ballpark. Right. But I don't know because I'm tough on bonds and tough on others. I don't know what to make of it. I really don't. I haven't been able to reconcile it. And I, again, you guys know I've t- I've told you I've talked to Bud Seeley and Hank Aaron. And I've sat and I've listened to them. To Henry Aaron, one of my idols and heroes, and I know how hard it was for old school players. Who did even who barely got to take a painkiller when they were playing to watch what transpired in the nineties? So I I don't I don't have a I don't have an answer. I've yet to arrive at something that makes me feel comfortable with how I feel about it. And the Bulls are back, yes. Well, what does this mean? So so they're six and three in their last nine, right? They're six and three with an overtime loss to Milwaukee yep. at Milwaukee. And a loss at the buzzer to Jimmy Butler. That's eight and one. They, oh. they're, they're eight and one. What does that mean without Zach Levine? What does it mean? It means I don't know what it means. That's a big enough sample size, ten percent of the season. That you need to make a deal. 
You need to make a deal and go forward with what you've got and see what that is right now because you need to see. And I, I, last night, I, I got to tell you, I, I'll confess, I didn't watch last night's game. So I'm watching Monday Night Football, and then I'm watching other NBA games of relevance. And then I see a score flash up, 108-104 Bulls in Philly. I'm like, what? Hmm. What just happened? I didn't watch one snap of the Bulls game. And then I'm like, okay, I got to start paying attention again because once again, you know, they, they now have put something together over a little nine-game stretch. Can they do it for 15? Can it go a little longer? Can they play this well? Um, I don't know, but the Zach Levine piece is not coincidental. It's just not. I, I'm with you. Totally with you. Totally. Yeah. All right, Michael. Great stuff. Thank Thanks, you. Mike. All right, you guys. Be well. There you go. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, there's Michael Wilbon. Uh, Aki's A-list coming up. And, oh, a, yeah. and a gambling story about Michael Jordan on the Super Bowl. Interesting. I'll play that for you coming up next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. I thought this was hilarious. It's been going around. Uh, buddies of mine have sent this to me, too. The Julian Edelman, Michael Jordan story about uh, the 2014 Super Bowl. Let him explain. Julian Edelman, by the way, good good at media. Yes. He does a podcast. Is this from his podcast? I or believe so. Yes, yeah, it Gronk? is. He's really good. Yeah. He's very funny. Uh, Julian Edelman, of course, um, a fantastic wide receiver, now uh, doing podcasts. I think he does some mainstream media as well. Uh, so here he is talking about... His encounter with Derek Jeter and Michael Jordan. I got a Jordan story. Tell me, tell me, tell me. We're playing Super Bowl 2014. The week before the Super Bowl, I took my folks to dinner, and I roll up, and I see Derek Jeter and Michael Jordan. And I'm like super starstruck. I'm about to play in the Super Bowl. And I go up, and, and you could tell Jeter's a very charming guy, welcoming. I go, Mr. Jeter, Julian Edelman, I'm playing the Super Bowl. I, like, I saw Jordan. He was kind of like standoffish a little bit. And as soon as the conversation's about to end, like five minutes in, I'm about to leave jordan comes up to me and he goes hey kid i got a bunch of money on you don't f- it up <laughs> and that's the only thing he said to me and and, and and i go mr mr jordan i didn't know what to say but god I, yeah it was crazy that's great there was another bite i saw recently about the two of them just riding the colts about the flate gate and that, I mean, have you about, seen it? About them, tur- the Colts turning, turning them in. Yeah. And they talked about it. They didn't even throw it in. We ran it for 250 yards against it. Like, it was really, I wondered how Peyton would have responded to, because he and Gronk were just giving it to the Colts. I was, it, was it was Edelman funny, and Gronk? It was Edelman and Gronk talking about deflate gate. Who was the, was it, was Ballard there then? Who was? No, I don't think so. It was Luck, was the quarterback. I don't know. I don't think Ballard was there Are yet. Are you sure? Mm. I don't think. Was Polian still there? No, he was gone, right? Because he went from there to That's Carolina. Right. Google that. Like, who would have turned them in? 
Like, if you see it, though, I saw it recently. Oh, well, well there was a general manager before. Oh, Ryan, Ryan Grigson. Yeah. yeah. That's who it was. Yeah, Ryan It was Grigson. Yeah. Did you see the clip of the two of them kind of mocking the Colts? I have not seen that one, yeah, no. Yeah, it's pretty funny. They're, does, they're characters. The does, does the Jordan thing surprise you that he was standoffish to Julian Edelman? Not really. No. Like, no. Michael's just Michael. Michael, like Michael a, does his own thing. No small talk. No. None. No. Jeter's like, hey, I got to drive home tonight. Yeah, yeah. My you know, plane's been grounded. My, my private flight's been grounded, so I got to drive home tonight in a $125,000 vehicle. What was me? My beautiful wife probably will meet me at the door. My two beautiful kids will be appreciative that dad got home. Oh, by the way, like the house is enormous. It's like 15,000 square feet, and it's, it's great. Michael, like the worst owner in sports history. The nerve on him. Don't F it up. I've got a lot of money on you. You don't say, Michael, yeah. but still, like, yeah, I mean, come why on. point to him as the worst owner Wait, instead that, of just that, point to him as the best player in the history of the sport? Because at that time in 2014, he was an owner. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Like, it's not like he's sitting, pl- he's a player at that time. He's the owner of the Charlotte Hornets just going along on a 20-win season, acting all holier than thou, can't even talk to Julian Edelman. I love Michael, don't get me wrong, but like, be a human being and at least say hi to Julian Edelman. That's Michael being Michael. Don't F it up, kid. I got a lot of money on this game. Now get away from me. You're bothering me. All right, Aki's A-List coming up next.